0: Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's d-h-a-r-m-a-media.com. All right, welcome back to Conversations with Z and Vindesh. And today we got special guest, Caitlin, who many of you know because we've been talking extensively about her dating life, the catfishing, all the problems that this sad young woman has gone through. Mm -hmm. But today is more of an inspiring story, and we're talking about female empowerment. So this, Zee, I think is a very interesting topic, and you brought up a way to frame female empowerment, which is different than convention. And I think a lot of times people look at female empowerment in one of two ways. So either it's this model of entitlement, where I'm a woman, I'm strong, I should be able to get what I want, I should be able to get a man, I should be able to get a good life, a good house, whatever it is. But that's not really empowerment. That's just making demands. And if you don't have anything you're bringing to the table, in exchange for that, if you want the life, if you want whatever desires you have in your mind, you have to be able to actually go out, just like anyone else in the world, and make that happen, and contribute something in exchange for what you want. So that's a flawed model of female empowerment. Then there's another model, which is empowered women are like men, and they become more aggressive, and they might become a little bit angry, and they do things, at times, which aren't necessarily consistent with biology. And I think about New York, and a lot of people we know, it's some, I guess some people we know, And it's also a more general observation. I'm thinking about fertility clinics. These places mint money, and the reason they mint money is you end up with couples who go there. And a lot of times, the women have just been hyper-focused on their career. They're in their early 40s, so they're beyond the point of naturally having children to begin with. And they're also stressed and anxious, and they're aggressive, so they got the testosterone flowing. So everything about the way that they live and their lifestyle and the choices that they've made, that's gonna inhibit their desire to have a baby. But they feel like they should be able to get this done because it's something that they want and it's the time that they've decided. So you go to the fertility clinic and you got a line out the door of couples trying to conceive. And it's, I don't even know what the right word is. It's it's bizarre in a sense. Uh, It's kind of like a misplaced, way of of living. Uh, if you're a woman and you want certain things, don't behave like a man. Don't behave in a way that inhibits your biology, that's inconsistent uh, with nurturing your body, yourself, and so forth. So I think that's another flawed model of female empowerment. And that brings us to young Caitlin. So Caitlin, for all of the shit that we give her during these podcasts, <laughs> is actually an exemplar of female empowerment. And a lot of that happens behind the scenes. So we were talking about that Tupac song, Everywhere I Go. And they talk about how everywhere they go, they see the same woman. They see her in the rap video, at the studio, they see her at the Million Man March. And all of the things that we've been working on, from Dharma Health, to the classes at Dharma, uh, or sorry, Dharma Media, to the classes at Dharma Health Institute, to uh, the work I've been doing, uh, trying to get into spoken word and get some of my pieces produced. And beyond that, some of the people that we brought in, like uh, Donald Lacey, uh, Caitlin is now working with him on other projects, so she's managed to put herself in a position where she's behind the scenes and she's touching all of these different areas and she's become indispensable. There's no one else who can run shit the way that Caitlin can run shit. So it's not a conventional model of female empowerment. You look at her and she's not this hyper aggressive person, but in the past couple of years, she's been very effective. And when we look at that, we say, wow, that is a strong woman. That's someone who's achieved something, who's managed to put herself in a position where the success or failure of many of the things we're doing rely on Caitlin. So maybe we can start, you can share some of your observations about female empowerment, maybe what Caitlin has done And then I really want to know from Caitlin what that secret sauce is and how she's been able to do it. Uh, But maybe before getting to that, if you could just open up, share some of what you've observed uh, working with Caitlin.
1: Well, yeah, I think about uh, female empowerment from the examples that I have. And I, I don't think that any man can really talk about female issues with great authority simply as an observer. Just like on the issues of culture and ethnicity, uh, If you're not of a culture of certain ethnicities, you really can't talk about the issues of that culture, ethnicity, except as an outsider with the narrow perspective of it. So my narrow perspective comes from my upbringing. Um, Our culture is a very matrilineal culture. The Congolese culture, for example, we have female deities, gods, just like in the Hindu culture. But it goes a little different. We um, have always accepted the plurality of significance of men and women in the culture, in the family. In my immediate life, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts were all very strong women. When I say strong women, they were women who got things done. They were able, they were resourceful, but they all also enjoyed the theater of the feminine. You know, my mother was into fashion design as much as she was into global human rights and revolutionary studies, activities, uh, participated, risked her life, trained us in the uh, the art of revolution and social change. She put her life on the line numerous times. She was one of the founding members of a thing called Bay War. When she moved to the States, Bay Area Women Against Rape, um, she stood up against the SWAT team, just protecting us and then would go and run a fashion show the next day and get her nails done and and, and do all the girly things her and my aunts were involved in. So she was a woman, but in her own feminine way she knew how to adapt to the environment to get things done. So when I talk about female empowerment, that's what I talk about. Oftentimes when I hear men and women both talk about feminine empowerment, they talk about various degrees of lesser masculinity. So some role as a kind of a man in a feminine body, in a female body. And as you talked about the challenges of fertility and everything, I want to be the boss, I want to be the CEO, and then I want to be a mommy. You can't do that. You you just can't do that. Motherhood is a full-time job. There are things a mother does for and with a child that no one else can do. You can conscript a stranger and hire them to um, take care of your offspring. But that's not They don't they're there for the hire. They're mercenaries. They're mercenaries. They may be nice mercenaries, but they're mercenaries. They they're not the mother. And then at the same time the way nature has designed us there are chemist there are chemical consequences to stress that shut down estrogen, shut down egg production, raise the pH, so you become less likely to have a child acting and working as a man. So if on your list of things to do, your number eight thing is to have a child, you probably won't have a child because nature knows in its own infinite celestial wisdom that that child requires a lot of energy. So in partnering, you would have to be able to adjust your feminine aura in a way that would attract a mate that would be willing to fill in for your maternal deficits. He would probably be overly feminine and unable to impregnate you, and uninterested in impregnating you. So it's a catch-22. People hate to hear this, but you look, that's, as you said, the fertility clinics, they know this. And they know they're going to make a fortune because you're, you're barren um, because you chose other things over motherhood. Now, when you do have the child through um, the magic of science and the uh, financial potentials that you can create from your career, that child's going to need a lot of support and care that you are not able, fit to do. So it's a hard hard life either way you go. Because you're looking at feminine empowerment as lesser masculinity. You're looking to be a man without a penis. It doesn't work. You're looking to be the little emperor or the little Caesar without the strength of Caesar. It's, again, it's contrary to the forces of gravity.
0: Yeah, and I would say not only is it contrary, you're not playing in your strengths. And so, you're never going to be as good as a man if you're trying to do something that you're not built to do. That's right. If you're using your strengths, you could be as good in a different way, but if you're trying to be something you're not, you're always going to be a step behind. There you go. There you go. So,
1: a fish trying to be a horse is problematic. It could get close to that because I've seen people put a saddle on a on a dolphin or whale fish. And it's freakish. It's weird. It, it, it can happen. You know, but it's... It ain't going to work. It's just gravity. You know, it's just not going to work. But what will work is embrace your femininity completely. Use the strength of that. Fight your fight the way you fight. And I think about something that was told to me by a neighborhood wino. <clears throat> we <were> kids. <clears throat> When we were kids growing up in um, Northern California, there was a neighborhood, Wino, Jimmy the Wino, Jimmy the Drunk, they used to call him. And I don't know what this guy did for a living, but on the weekends it was always drama with this guy because he would go on a drinking binge and come out of whatever hole he lived in and display himself. And Inevitably, it would, he would be involved with interactions with the local PD. They'd see Jimmy sprinting down the street, hopping over fences, whatever he had done, who knows. But one day they sicked the dogs on him. They finally got a canine patrol for whatever reason, and when they weren't harassing the local human rights organizations, they would practice on Jimmy, the drunk. One day they sicked the dogs on him. Jimmy was sprinting down the street because at some point in Jimmy's life he had been an athlete. And the dogs cornered Jimmy. He physically picked up the dog and beat the living shit out of the dog. He beat that dog, oh my God, he beat that dog so bad, he beat beat that dog like he had stole Christmas. He beat that dog like Mike Tyson in his best fight. He beat the dog down, the dog ran back to his trainer and wouldn't even come out of the car. And Jimmy disappeared and hopped a couple of fences. So all the kids were very impressed by this. So the next day we were walking, we saw Jimmy at the local Just Right liquor store. See Jimmy, all the kids came, around. we saw you beat the hell out of that police dog. How did you beat up that police dog? And Jimmy, in his drunken wisdom, said, oh, that was easy. I fought the dog like I fight a man. I didn't fight the dog like you fight a dog. I'm not a dog. He would have beat me if I fought him like a dog. But he can't beat me fighting like a man because he ain't a man. So I fought him on my terms and I won. I said, wow. So Jimmy fought with what he had, not what he wanted or desired or he tried to emulate That goes back to what I'm saying. Women can use what women have to win the battles that they want to fight. But it's not fighting like a man. You have to fight and be a woman. So through a woman can manipulate what a woman lacks in physical strength, she has in wit and wisdom. What she lacks in brute strength, she has in style and beauty. They all get you to win the battle. But like Jimmy, you have to know how to fight first.
0: Mm.
1: So when a woman owns that, she can understand the ways of men, move and navigate through them. And before you know it, you've been conquered. Not by a punch in the jaw or chest pounding or, 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 or pissing contest that the men engage in, but in understanding the workings of things. In Taoism, they say that a master leads by staying behind. Well, how can a master lead by staying behind? By staying behind, you can see the workings of all things manipulate circumstances, situations, so that when the people are done doing their job, they say, look at a wonderful job we did, completely unaware of the master's unseen hand. So the feminine is about understanding the workings of things. How to get the most out of something. I watched the way my mother and my aunts could stretch a dollar, manipulate a situation, get some clown to jack up their car and change the tire with the hope that maybe he would get to see their panties or something. Who knows? Whatever it was, she got the car tire changed. As opposed to my uncle trying to do it and arguing and debating over how much it's going to cost and blah, 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 blah. So people don't like to hear that. They like Jimmy
0: the Drunk. People don't like to hear that at all. Yeah. Because you're using words like manipulate. You're talking about beauty. And the way it could come off is, what the hell? Am I just uh, some beautiful thing for guys to look at?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy the Drunk was a man. Hmm. The police dog was a dog. Jimmy whooped the dog's ass, fighting like a man. A woman can win the world being a woman, not being a lesser man. So those are elements. They're not the only elements. Hmm. I think that wit and, and, and wisdom, observation, the feminine hand as, as opposed to the masculine fist, can do a lot. I think about men who have incorporated feminine strategy in their life and have been very successful. People used to complain about the way Muhammad Ali fought. And he would brag about how pretty he was. And they would say, oh, he just dances around the ring and nobody can hit him. He says, I don't want to be hit because I'm pretty. And they would be so angry. Why don't you stand toe to toe and let me punch you in the jaw then. You punch me in the jaw. He's like, why would I do that? That's for ugly people like Sonny Liston and Joe Frazier. I don't want to get punched in the face. So they said, oh, he's a sissy. They said the same thing about Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Mm -hmm. Sugar Shane Mosley, because their style of combat had a feminine strategy, okay? So it asked them to position themselves, to study their opponent. That's all. Why is that a bad thing? But we've been told that's a bad thing because our race to feminine empowerment is really a race to lesser masculinity. Lesser, even when we get into gender identification, people want to know who's the butch and who's the femme. Who's the lesser man and who's the greater woman? Why does it have to be that? Why don't you just be you and work what you have? But we've all kind of bought into the ideal is some version of a man. It's, it, it goes into even an in idea of white supremacy, that the idea is some, the model minority is a lesser white, a lesser white. We always want to say as far from black as you can, I'm not as black. I'm brown, I'm yellow, I'm I'm just a little bit lesser than white. So too Mm -hmm. with the flaws of femininity. So I think when women maximize their femininity and understand what the nature did not bless you in muscle mass, they gave you other features to forward human evolution, to forward the improvement of our species. Women have won the world being women. They lose their place when it's a race to be some version of a man. And when you look at societies that are more paternalistic, they are always societies with a lower trajectory of evolution. Nobody wants to live in countries and places that hate women. I went to Saudi Arabia, and they hate women in Saudi Arabia. They hate women. I mean, they hate women. Why? Because women, just being women, draw wealth, resources, and energy to them. They're magnetic. They're beautiful. They do something. The endorphins, the endocrine system, whatever it is, whatever nature did, it's the energy that makes a fucking salmon swim upstream in water it can't breathe in, being hunted by bears just to let go and express that part of themselves. They want to be with the woman. They want to let go. So a whale to have sex a male whale will swim around the world starve itself to death just to have sex and almost dies after it ejaculates just to get to the woman. That's female power. You got a goddamn whale swimming tens of thousands of miles so weak it can't fight off stuff it normally is terrified of. Just to be with you on one date. And that's something. So the female has an, an innate energy and a power. But because we have been conditioned to see masculinity as superior, this flawed algebra, we encourage women to be more like men. If you have children, if you have a boy baby and a girl baby, they're very different from, from day one. I remember my daughter when she was a small baby, two, three years old, and I would come home from work tired. My my daughter climbed in the fridge and put some dirty spinach on a piece of bread and pushed it together and handed me this dirty, unclean piece of spinach and tried to force it. My I said, you need to eat so you will feel better, Baba. You need to eat so you can have your energy. I want you to be well. She did that. I never taught her that. I taught her to kind of be manly man or what I wanted a tomboy baby, it's in her nature. My boys on the other hand, they see me come home tired. They see it as an opportunity to bust me in the head and take my shit, you understand? They just want the keys to the car, hey, but hell, one of them's in diapers, one of them's a few years old, neither one of them together weigh more than 90 pounds. They're plotting my doom every minute, that's a boy, right? You have two daughters. You know what it's like. Very nurturing. You have three daughters. Very nurturing. You're living in kind of a hell in a way, but you got these three. They they, 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 they play a certain way. They're not trying to injure life or jump off the roof in parachutes. They're not doing that. Men and women are very different. But instead of us celebrating, we're looking for this kind of gender plurality that is against nature. Hmm. And again, it's a hard thing to talk about because when you do scientific research and you see that men and women um, access their brains in different ways, people don't want to hear that. No, because we're different. And so female empowerment, uh, in my observation, again, I'm a dude, so I can only say so much about it, is I watch the women in my circle. My wife gets me to do all kinds of stuff. She'll just hint to me, that um, she's involved in some cute girl shit and I can't think straight. Basically, I lose my mind. I'm just doing whatever she tells me to do. We got old Caitlin here. Caitlin used to just bring bread for class. Just pathetic, right? Couldn't even afford it. Just bring a loaf of bread. Then she would say, you know, I can't really pay the whole fee, but I really want to study so I can pay you in bread and five dollars.
2: That's not yeah, it
1: is. And I said, Ah, this old pitiful girl, sure. If a dude came here, I would send him somewhere else. Look, man, you got a strong back, go out there and either um, beg for money, rob somebody, and come back. Right? That's what we do. Caitlin came with a loaf of bread and all that. Over the last few years, she runs the whole business. She runs our lives, Van Do you see? We can't do anything without her. We don't know where the we don't know the friggin' password to computers. Um, She's in the studio with you. She's scheduling her and my wife are in cahoots under, you know, running my life. We're being pimped. We're basically male prostitutes working for this female pimp. And at no point, all she did was be girly, just be herself. And she's she's not a real groomed up girl or anything. She doesn't do her nails and all that like my wife does. But she does other shit. She, you know, She's nice, she's not offensive, she's not threatening, she's not comparing herself. And now that she's in charge, she hasn't put on a uniform, she doesn't flex her strength, so she's leading from behind. She's manipulating situations that work in her favor and has brought a nurturing aspect to the business in our lives that help us function better. She gets along with everybody And she's like a ghost half the time. Right? It's like having a fucking ghost. That's female empowerment. Almost leaves no impact, but impacts everything.
2: Hmm.
0: So you've talked about beauty, (laughs) sex appeal, nurturing, forging relationships, observing the world, understanding the mechanics of how things work.
1: Well, she doesn't have the beauty and the sex appeal. She has more of the Kind of auntie, mommy, sister type of vibe. And, you know, I guess there are guys that might find her attractive. I don't know them, but I'm sure they're around. I don't know everybody. Okay, I only really know a handful. Of them. And, you know, she's rough around the edges. She needs to maybe talk to people who can do a Barbazon School of Beauty or something. And she can get a little further. She'll get a sugar daddy if she does it, but we don't want her to do it. Now we don't want her to do that. We actually have embraced her and we need her. So she's done the auntie thing. You understand what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the auntie thing. It's a very, it's very successful model. model. It's
1: very successful. And it's but those are different feminine models. Mm-hmm. You could have the auntie model, the 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 nanu model, the grandmother model, you could have the ama model, the mommy model. You could have the um, dominatrix model. You could have the uh, uh, the sexy chair model, whatever it is, but it all mm. works. You can pick many different feminine archetypes, and they get the job done. Mm. They get the job done.
0: Yeah, but I want to push on this for a minute because the way that our culture operates, all the models you just mentioned are probably going to offend ninety percent of women who are out there. You'd be like, "What? You're classifying me? Mean, my options are either be a grandmother, an auntie." A dominatrix or a sexy cheerleader? What the hell is that? That's a lot of options. It's like a crayon box. Look
1: it up. So I, I agree. What are our models as men? What are our archetypes of men that make us attractive mates uh, and 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 potentially uh, good householders? What are the different archetypes? I'm the I'm the um, uh, the silverback ape apex predator type, right? Women know right away, okay, this guy can get me pregnant, um, and I'm probably safe in his. If I win him over, I'll be physically safe. You are the friendly nerd. Good job, easy to please, (laughs) won't stray much from home as long as you're getting a a little uh, sex. And you will deliver the goods. Okay, you have different people. Humans are like animals. Hmm. Every animal has a way of surviving, and a unique way of of finding a mate and fulfilling the prime directive. Hmm. You have the peacock model. You have the guy that runs around and spouts out all of his wealth and what he has. He's wearing uh, some expensive watch, expensive car, and this whole conversation about the money he's making. He's a peacock. There's nothing to him, but he's just his ass is just showing all these fucking feathers off. And some women run over there and they pet towards him. Wow, that's cool. And then they'll tell their friends, my boyfriend has a great car and a great house and he, he's the head of uh, his insurance company, whatever, right? You have another guy that's what, like a sloth. You know that animal called a sloth, right? Yeah. Everybody, girls had a sloth. Um, you know how a sloth eats, right? It moves super slow. It doesn't even move. You don't even know if they're dead or alive. Actually, sloths can die. And you can't tell a dead sloth from a live sloth. The way a sloth eats is its spit is like honey. And bugs crawl into its mouth and walk down its digestive tract. That's how a sloth eats. So Caitlin told me about a boyfriend he has yet that sleeps on the couch, has no job, no career future, offers nothing to the household, but he talks sweet tells her she's beautiful, about his dreams. When he makes it in Hollywood, she's gonna be right there on the side. She took care of him for two years. He never got off the couch, that's a sloth. But he was able to survive, he was able to have sex. And all he offered was honeyed spit, a good talk. There's the other ones that are the workers, right? You see the, the, the animals are attracted to the worker got a good frame, he's sturdy, he's consistent. A beaver, building a dam. Just building it dam. A female beaver sees that and says, yeah, you know, that's a cool nest. I have a baby with that motherfucker. I have a baby with that mother. Right? Look at him. He's building dams. I don't know why he's building a dam, but he works every day. Goes to work every day. Got calloused hands. Good guy. Good guy. Solid guy. So busy. Can't run around with different chicks. I like a hard-working man. You hear women say that. Good, I like a hard-working man. Right? That's attractive. You have other different people. You have the birds. You have eagles. They nest for life. They work together as a team. They're like Bonnie and Clyde. They go kill stuff together. When he's at home with the baby, she's out hunting. When he's out hunting, she's at home with the babies. That's a good arrangement. So everybody has their animal archetype. So why do we fight that? Just study nature. All I'm doing is studying nature, right? You got the penguins. The same way, you got the dude penguin. Sometimes he warms the nest. Hmm. Mama goes, does her thing. He doesn't know whose baby it is half the time. She's going out doing all kind of stuff. But as long as they, you know, they got exchange. They feed. She'll bring him food, while he's holding on to the baby. So you have all different ty- types of coupling that nature gives us examples of. So if someone's angry about it, it's because of the mal-narratives of society, the bizarro narratives that we take as fact. trust nature. Don't trust these social engineers that are in violation of nature. Each of us have something going that will attract a partner equal to our standing. Right? So some men have to be rich. Well, look at the president. Not an attractive guy. But he has a lot of money. So he gets a Russian uh, woman who's looking for a sugar daddy. Look at the old president. He was a broke ass dude. Found a woman that just wanted a stable guy with a dream. He says in his book, he looked over. He was working at some law firm. Michelle Obama was bent over. He saw that big posterior. And he said, that's my wife. He didn't see her head. Just so that was it. No, He says that in his book. And it worked for them. It worked for them. Everybody has a certain way of, 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 of partnering and blending. And you go through different things at different parts of your life. You have different things that you find attractive in a person as you mature. And they've known that as people become more mature, they have different qualities they look for in a mate based on experience. Right? Yeah, experience or options. Or options, right? Your options. Well, the older you get as a woman, the fewer options you have. The older you get as a man, the more options you have. You know, financial stability is a great equalizer when it comes to men, but it's not the same for women. These are just, these are just what it is in society. It is what it is. I'm not, I didn't make up these rules. I'm just influenced by gravity. So women have a few different archetypes that they use or available to them for getting a partner. Men also have a few different archetypes. You have Daddy Warbucks, right? That's one. Daddy Warbucks had little orphan Annie running around. An old man with a lot of money that had a young chick, a young homeless chick hanging out with him on that Daddy (laughs) Warbucks. We have that archetype in society. Is that right? We do. Vin, we do. Yeah. Why don't, I I, I mean, our whole podcast is about opening the mind, opting out. Let's just talk about it. You know, I was never, I was a man of of certain beliefs. I'm a revolutionary. I've suffered because of that in in terms of the common world. So I I can survive and make a living, but I was never wealthy in that sense where I could not go to work because I made choices in my life to stand for things I believed. I paid a social cost to that some women think that's horrible some women admire that so I hang out with women that thought hey that's that's cool that's nice I'm with this uh, freaking predator and it feels good but I'm going to have to always you know check my bank account because he, he you know we're never going to be financially free but we will always be on the run and it's a great adventure um and so that's attractive to certain women. There are other women that find that totally unacceptable. I need you to shut down, compromise yourself as much as you can. Let's get these resources together and build this nest and die in this nest. Well, that was never my thing. But for some women, that that's what they look for in a guy. They may want to get pregnant by me, but they want to be with that dude in terms of stability. And they have done research in the UK that I think it was four out of five people living in a household with four kids or so, that one of the four kids wasn't the wasn't the biological child of the father that thought it was. Because that that, that woman, even though she liked the stability of the house, she craved the richness and the, the, the vitality of the unstable man. See, this is just nature. I didn't make mm-hmm. the rules. So when I tell women there are different archetypes, Right, so Caitlin's archetype is, she she can speak for herself. I'm just observing. She runs shit around here. You know, she's go- dorky,
0: goofy, look, but, you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. what, what is the archetype? I mean, what are the characteristics that allow her to run things?
1: Well, let her talk.
0: Yeah, so Caitlin.
1: <laughs> let her speak for herself. Let in. us know. How
0: do you become an? How empowered did you woman? become
1: the boss of us? Oh
0: man. Let the world know. First of all, how do you oh. deal with this dude every day? But <clears throat> once we get past that. All of us.
2: What are you talking about? Me? All of us. A lot of patience. Talk um, about it. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I think there's part of my temperament that I always had in me where I uh, I have a lot of curiosity. Like, I've always followed that. And wherever it goes, I'm open to that. And when I first started coming here, uh, you challenged me, Z, a lot. In terms of like, I remember the first time we did qigong. I did qigong, and you were told me I was warlike. <laughs> and so I uh, started really just doing like a lot of reflection. And then um, I realized that if I wanted to grow and you know become develop myself, I have to be averse of constructive criticism, like you've mentioned. You know the five hindrances to self mastery to self mastery. And, uh, so that became my philosophy is just like, you know, uh, but I've always been good at putting myself in places where I can thrive, even if the people don't, you know, know it. I've always been able to move up the rank pretty easily, but I think that also comes from, um, like I have a really like, like how I work is like, uh, you know, like Jordan Peterson. I like him a lot. We've talked about him. He says that really to advance, you just need to work ten percent harder than the average. Well, person. you seem
1: to work ten percent less than most people I've ever known. But going back to being warlike, you're you're part Kiowa Indian, and you said that your grandmother was a Marine. Yes. So she was the first friggin' female Marine or the first Marine in your tribe or something?
2: No, well, the significance of her being a Marine and in the tribe is that um, in our tribe, uh, military members are seen as modern-day warriors. You're a warrior. That's how you're revered in the tribe. You have that standing. And there's only certain dances and uh, ceremonies that warriors can do and my grandmother was one of only a handful women in her in the history of women that could dance with the men mm-hmm. in war dances. So yeah, she was always my avatar, but I never met her. You but know? as
1: we're talking, I want to really get into the warlike thing. What I saw in you is that you were, you know, apprehensive and fearful, <clears throat> as most people that walk into and, and deal with me. But you just stood your ground. You've weathered all this over the years. You just stood your ground. You didn't flex. You didn't puff up. Um, you didn't You didn't react and say you were offended. You never asked us to adjust to your temperament. Talk about that part of your character. Now you're in the middle of every damn thing. Everywhere we go, I keep seeing the same oh-ho. I mean, it's like, good God, girl. And you just weather every different male temperament and we got some real agro male energy around here yes and you just hold your ground
2: yeah well it, it all comes down to that feminine aspect like nurturing that's how i would say that secret sauce hmm. is just nurturing relationships like how i nurture my plants at home you know i check in on them are hmm. they do? are the leaves a little down today okay maybe i want to reach out. give them a little water You apply that philosophy to your relationships and your life and your projects and you know every area and you know it's like things begin to thrive without you having to really push to force anything Mm -hmm. if you're trying to force a plant to you know grow like i have a money tree plant i'm trying you know half of it's dead but the other half is like thriving and i'm like working with my neighbor on how to sustain it she was just like you know what you got to let them just be like that for a while. And then another couple months, we'll be able to do something. So it's just that I've been doing that, you know, I, you know, like we've had our issue, like I've had issues with everyone here, but I've been able to also work them out using the philosophy that we, you provide us, you know, the teachings, you know? So it's like, I'm never alone. There's always like that divine guidance that I can tap into, you
1: know. Well, Vin asked a question. We talked about the archetypes. He said people don't like that. And of course they don't because they feel entitled and they feel special. You know, uh, fuck, seven billion people are doing different stories. We're not that interesting. So we all fall into an archetype. What would you say your archetype is? And and when we look at the basic archetypes of how people uh, survive, how they secure their mate, you know, as we observe you, um, you obviously don't have a mate. You know, that's, a, that's a rough area for you. Um, but you do have a huge community of people that, that are tough guys, that you have won their respect, their admiration, their support, um, their protection. Uh, you have a, a, a great job. You, you All these kinds of things. What would you say your archetype is and what would you say to other women out there who are confused or trying to navigate this really failed narrative about female empowerment?
2: Um, I would say my archetype is, uh, you know, we're, and this is basing off of the nine archetypes that we learn kind of like in third set. I haven't started third set, but I've got an idea of what it's kind of about and what's been imparted by me by, you know, training and all that with men, which I'll talk about like how that, you know, process is really healing, is that I'm a loyalist. I'm the loyalist. I'm number six on the Negrims, mm-hmm. you know, nine. Anywhere, yeah. And, okay, yeah. So, so yeah, that's that fact that, like, I'll persist, you know, even if I don't succeed or fail the first Like, I, I can persist.
1: That's very powerful what you're saying. So the loyalist, you show up. Yes. And by showing up, there's a lot of elements to showing up. You've never stopped because of an emotional flare-up. You've never asked anyone to adjust to your temperament. Um, and in doing that, people have adjusted to your temperament. You've never um, shown the thing that oftentimes puts people... It's expo- explosive emotionalism, which a lot of uh, times you know, women express... Or they just have emotional outbursts. And that can create a lot of issues in men. Uh, when you say, Vin, that's, that's, a, that's a real touchy area when women uh, have explosive emotions. Um, people say that's just the way it is. But for some reason, you haven't shown us that. Except the other day when I tried to get you a date. And you jumped on me like a, a mad monkey out of Planet of the Apes or something. <laughs> and tried to, to George Floyd me. Um, which was really messed up. All I want to do that you said you liked the guy. I was telling to come up because it's we need you around. We don't want you to dry up. I'm not and die. Dry up. Um, so we're trying to find you a guy. It, it was a kind of a, a, a metro kind of guy down there that you thought was cute. I, I didn't like him. He had a ponytail and stuff like that. But again, I'm old guard. But you liked him. I said, well, that's a good start. That's a shoehorn guy, you know. And I was gonna trying to get him up here. And then you just attacked me in just a, a wild, Amazonian, bizarro way. It was very shocking but because uh, it was out of character with you, but, but I get it. Yeah. And uh, we're okay now. But you've been very stable. Even in your instability, you've been very much there. And everybody admires you. So the loyalty archetype is very important. And can you talk a little bit more about that? And then again, that's how she manipulates us by just being able to count on her, and it doesn't put guys off. When women are super fiery, emotional, and unpredictable, you become very guarded. And it works for some women, Mm -hmm. but it also limits, I think, the scope of people. You've been able to deal with a lot of different personality types, pretty fluidly. So talk a little bit more about that and other archetypes you observe, because there's a lot of women out there that have trouble with
2: this. Yeah, I mean, like, my advice to or women my age, even, you know, I'm they're turning 32 in a month. Spen- uh, yeah, spinsters. Sure. I know, even my neighbor, Flower, this morning was, like, we were talking, and I was like, yeah, my birthday's next month. She's like, how old are you going to be, 32? She's like, find somebody. Just find somebody. Yeah, she was right.
1: She was right. I know.
2: <laughs> but anyway. You're a spinster. Go for it. But, like, for what... I think uh, in order to grow, in order to have the experiences that I wanted to experience, I couldn't limit myself because of other people's personalities or other people's limitations about myself and then also their own perspective. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had to get over that. And, you know, even the day like we get to vent, you know, sometimes we do deal with like tough you know personalities, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm still me. I'm still doing my work, and they're, you know, I. That's I can very powerful. Separate care. that. A lot of women my age can't. You know, they're they feel that personal attack. Like they take things so personally, and it's hard to. uh, communicate with them. It. It's hard to have, like, a real friendship. They'll... They, they still have their narratives, and I see, like, how it really hinders them. Can,
1: can you give us examples?
2: Um...
1: Of those narratives?
2: Yeah, uh... My... You don't have to name names, Yeah, no, one of my friends... Out she, um... She's struggled with uh, an abusive past, like, by her brother. So mm-hmm. she, you know, she had a lot of trauma. But she... Uh, had that victim narrative um victim narrative Mm -hmm. and so anytime like something would happen like one of the guys would just move like something of hers it was an attack it was like oh my gosh now so and so is after me i can't believe you know so she i would see how she brought that everywhere and i tried telling her that once and i was just like hey like you know i don't think that, you know, you'd have to take that so personally, like, whatever, it's a small tight space, and she blew up at me, she would tell me, like, you can't tell me how to heal, you can't, pity scratch." yeah, and that's when I, I stepped back, and I was just like, wow, like, I am, like, a friend, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, hurt you, I'm just trying to show you that, like, you know, this is what's, this is what I see, maybe it helps you, but... She wasn't open to that.
1: Yeah. And as they say in um, in the classical Eastern war strategies, a petty skirmish and a large battle requires the same resources, but gives you different bounty. You know, so you're using. She used a lot of resources. She picked a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. She chose to burn a lot of bridges, and a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. You don't do that, and it's been able to afford you a whole new world of opportunities and relationships that a lot of people don't have. And so that's a good thing that you point out because this idea of every petty skirmish, you know, letting it be everything. It's not unlike when you you see the dating issues that people have. They have their checklist of the ideal man, but they don't have the checklist of them being the ideal person. Mm-hmm. So they want to that's what that's what I said uh, dating out of your station is that you have nothing to offer, but you want everything. Mm -hmm. So what are you offering? And a lot of people have, they say, well, I'm offering me, that's the ego. But what are you? And you don't know what you are. What what I'm hearing from you is you're very clear on who you are. Even as you're growing and developing, uh, you've taken on everything, the business, your practice, your yoga, your tai chi, your qigong, your, your, your martial arts practice, the projects we're doing, with this nice, moderate temperament. You're slowly, slowly gaining ground. And it's unseen. It's almost unseen until it shows up. And that's the message I, I, I hope that you can share with others, is there is something very powerful about embracing your archetype and maximizing the mastery of that. If you are a softpaw and you're playing sports, you're boxing or pitching, there are advantages and disadvantages to that archetype. Play on it, work with it. Don't reject it and say, no, I want to be something different than I am. One of your superpowers is you've embraced who you are. Um, You are not a gratefully impactful person. Uh, you're easy to forget, but eventually you're everywhere. Yeah. It's like what the f- everywhere we go. That's going to be your theme song. What yeah. was the lyrics? Everywhere we go, we see the same old. Home. Yeah. Is that?
0: Yeah, it's uh, every. Uh, I'm forgetting how it starts. Well, I get the gist. Yeah, uh, every other city I go, yeah, that's how it goes. Every other city we go. Every other video. Yeah. No matter where I go...
1: So no matter where we go, Caitlin's here and she has the loyal... What is it called? What kind of archetype was that? The loyalist. The loyalist, right?
0: Well, as you are talking about this, it reminds me of what you said up front. The leading from behind. You're behind the scenes, forgettable, invisible, but you're flowing, you're manipulating, you're organizing, and suddenly everyone looks around and says, look at what we accomplished. And they're not even aware of the effect that you had.
1: Yeah, because you're everywhere. And so, I, I, that's such an admirable quality. And I think when we talk about female empowerment, we look at the role that women can play in their house, in their in their community, in their jobs. Um, I think about women I know. I know a lot. I've always been comfortable with women who are uh, uh, self possessed and they own themselves, and they're feminine. They run companies, they create businesses, and a lot of times it's done. In a very different way than men do it. And they found great success in that. And that there's a way that we men interact with each other. So when we meet each other, the first thing I do is invite a guy to box, do martial arts. So I go in there and say, you know, we talk a little bit and they, they talk about how great they are. And I listen and I listen. I say, hey, let's go box. Let's throw kicks. Then, um, afterwards they want to listen to whatever I had to say that's how I went them over you don't do that well, you no. book them in you schedule them in you tell them some vague magical thing then they come back I have these powerful men coming here and say hey man I say I have talked to you what's going on yeah yeah I'm cool I'm great can I talk to Caitlin I'm like dude but you're my boy you weren't we're supposed to you know talk about changing the world yeah yeah I'll get back to you I need to talk to Caitlin about something I'm like what how the hell did that happen? But I'm the man, I'm the boss, I'm, 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 I'm the chief priest. Don't you want to talk to me? And they're like, nah. I can talk to you anytime. I need to talk to Caitlin. Then Vince cutting records, he's at the studio, and I call the studio, and there's Caitlin in the background. <laughs> Everywhere we go, it <laughs> seems it's, like this whole... Whatever it is. It's, it's just
2: it's, consistency.
1: Yeah, the it's the
2: the principle behind just any progress that you want. It's just consistency.
1: And that's your power. What would be your share with women who um, want to have more ownership of that without masculinating themselves, without being a lesser guy, um, but being a complete woman? What would you say would be two or three things they could do to begin to find their own aura, their own space, their own power, their own spoke in that wheel?
2: I would say the first thing is um, I've been thinking about this a lot but like having a mentor um, mentorship's been huge in and, and not Women just, hate
1: on each other a lot though. So how can they even find a mentor be a but male or female mentor? But this
2: is what I'm saying. This is what's helped me. You have to get over that. You have to get over how people make you feel.
0: Mm, because
2: otherwise, you know, you're at the whim of every word and it's like super obstructive and so yeah you have to get good on how you react to other people's emotions wow that's powerful so yeah and I learned a lot of that from having you know roommates you know um, sounds like a nightmare I mean we work it out but things happen you know and but Uh, so I would say being open to having a mentor and I had this conversation with a girl another girl that trains here she was she and I were talking and she's like yeah I want to do this one thing but I, I want a woman to teach me and I said hey you know like having that outcome in mind that it has to come from this person or like look like this is gonna hinder that because I wouldn't have never come to you I would have left that Qigong class that first day but I didn't because I was just like you know, first of all, nobody had ever told me that Um, a lot of people did in classes like that validation, like oh you're doing great though, but like I never benefited from that so having a mentor you know, uh, really helps having that check in can, can you so
1: get a little bit of that? That's really powerful what you're saying, I've never heard that before because as a dude I always looked at someone's ability or skill I never cared I have female mentors I have male mentors They're all masters of what they do And I really didn't care What the messenger looked like I always looked at the skill And what it could How it could benefit me So this is the first time I've really heard that Saying that people wanted mentorship But they wanted it a certain way That's Which is completely mm-hmm. bass backwards, right? It's like that does, It doesn't work like Life doesn't work like that so, you definitely will not get what you're looking for if you're looking for the package it comes in as opposed to the content of the package. I think that's a very important message.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's the first time I really heard it, and it's weird to hear, but I could see how that really prevents growth.
2: Yeah, I had a, um, about a month ago, I had lunch with a friend, and she's a Pilates instructor, and she's been doing it for a couple of years now. and. She was telling me, she was like, oh, you know what? I just started researching a lot of other things, and I've, I have to unlearn a lot of what I learned at the program I went through. And she's like, but I think I should get a mentor. I don't know if I want one, though. I don't know if I should just do it on my own, yada, yada. You can't do it on your own. And I was just like, no. You can't it's, mentor
1: yourself. Mrs. Yeah,
2: I was just like, no, I think you should really surrender and find someone that's doing what you want to do and that resonates with what you want to continue. And that's, you know, don't go for... Like a, uh, she was at this one studio in Mar uh, she, she was like, "Oh, the woman's really cold to me. She's really detached." But, but I like what she does, and I'm like, "Well, then you're probably not going to learn from her because she's not." Or this... she
1: might learn a lot for it. She go to there and learn, it she go to there to be warm and, and cuddly? Yeah,
2: that's the thing. The intention. So that's another. That would be number two. Is like in that would be my next thing. Is advice, right? Intention is everything. So if you go into something with like the intent that like okay i'll go into this yoga class it's called vinyasa flow i don't know what that means but i just want to sweat great i'm going to go in there i'm going to sweat intention complete you know following that model is a little bit more liberating than Mm -hmm. following like what am i going to feel you know after this
1: yeah it's very powerful what you're saying and i can think i can see the hindrances that often I, I've had a number of people just storm out of my class because they, they, they thought that they I didn't like them. I remember one woman uh, saying that um, I didn't I didn't encourage her. Mm-hmm. I, said, well, I encourage you to do what? to train and, 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 and she stuck and she was she's never improved and, and she went on and looked for different people who would do whatever it was that she needed. but, but, but children, if you ask them what they want to eat for dinner, it's always cookies. And as a good parent, if you give them cookies for dinner, the kid ends up diabetic with rotted teeth and they get dragged away by the state. So, too, when you work with people, you share with them with an open heart, your knowledge and your flow. In exchange, they pay their money or their doctrine or whatever, and they get a benefit. What you're adding to it is the mistake people make where they're much more concerned with the packaging than the content of the package. And their intentions are not clear. Thus, it doesn't work. And if, if there are people doing that, and especially women doing that, there's no way to develop yourself with that as an underlying principle of your path to development.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.